0: i am talking to you about holy um, confidence. Anybody need any confidence today? Uh, well, holy confidence. Uh, listen to this. In 1 Samuel 17th chapter, verses 14 and 15, David was the youngest. Who's the youngest in their family here? Anybody the youngest in their family? I am. I'm the baby of the family. I was picked on all the time. Oh, no. The three oldest uh, followed Saul, but David. Went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Did you know that pre, um, um, preconceived disadvantages such as birth defects, physical ailments, poverty can be springboards to success? And that success. Is not achieved in spite of those preconceived disadvantages. It's achieved because of them. Now, I'm going to ask you something. That now, Picture this. A, a, a child was being born in, in the 1940s. They didn't have all the prenatal everything back then. And, but the child was born two months early. And, and the doctors told the mother of that child, your child has less than 24 hours to live. He will be dead by tomorrow morning. And then then you, you wrap around that child to see if that child has any chance in life. Is That child is born in, in a poor family. That child's father is an alcoholic and he was an alcoholic for all the years of his life except for two. And, and, then, and then because of that that violent birth, Is caused all types of havoc in that child's life, and so every time that child was sick, majority of the time that child ended up back in the hospital. Then at the age of 10, that child was in a horrible accident and, and, and was told that that child would never walk properly again, let alone ever play and run again. And and when that child went through that incident, the child's one ear became, well, went deaf. No one knew it. The child just didn't really associate it. Just, just got used to listening to the other ear. And so that child going through school had some real struggles to the point that the child was held back in school. And, and, and then, then the idea that because a child had, was held back that that child didn't have and the family could afford to really send them to any any uh, education after anything public school what chances does that child have hmm. you see is that disadvantages may not be what we perceive as our greatest advantage. Our greatest advantages may be hidden in our greatest Disadvantage. if we learn to leverage those disadvantages through a careful, sometimes painful self-inventory. That child I was talking about is your pastor. And in, in that when I went into to high schools, in the high school, my, my teachers, in fact, think back in the 1960s, in high school, I had nothing but male teachers. Now, that was almost heard of all through high school. Never had a female teacher. Because God knew I needed a male role model in my life. My dad wasn't at that time. And so he gave me the, the male teachers. They weren't all Christians by any stretch of imagination. My, well, one kid teacher I could remember, Mr. LCB8. He, he, was, he was a teacher from the pit of Hades. <laughs> and, and he would grab me, slam me against the wall, and, and I guess you were allowed back then, and he says, you're, he says, "No excuses." He says, "I don't care if you're an athlete or not. You're going to get that work done." He taught me how to study. I love that man today. And those teachers invested in my life to the point that I literally skipped a grade in God's favor in my life. And then I went on to school after that, which I paid for because the family couldn't do it. But I want you to know something is that, God, your destiny isn't just revealed in your natural gifts and abilities. It is also revealed in your compensatory skills that you have developed because of the disadvantages that you had to come. So, so when I hear people come to me and they say, oh, man, my dad or my mom or my, you know, it's just, I, I'm going to give them a holy slap. Because God wants to do something in their life, and they don't even have a clue what that may be. <laughs> when, when you were in line, too, when was the last time that you praised God for your perceived disadvantages or thanked God for the challenges in your life? It's like we have a young girl walking out now and she's on a, her her foot is broken or something and she's on one of those scooters and that. Praise the Lord for that thing because, well, you'll see, because our strengths are hidden within our weaknesses and our disadvantages are hidden in, our advantages are hidden in our disadvantages. You see, let me give you a story. A story is about a guy who was, well, became a king, but he was disguised as a shepherd. His greatest advantage was the direct result of his perceived disadvantages. And without that disadvantage in his life, he would have never been able to be catapulted into the position that God had in store for him. So, let's look back. Go to 1 Samuel 17, verses 34, we'll start with. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. Is he nuts? Struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, by the mane, and struck it and killed it. Your servant had killed both the lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. He's talking about Goliath. And the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Did you hear that? This is a guy somewhere around 22 years old. Is there anybody younger than 22 in this room? Uh, maybe one. Or, don't, don't you raise your hand there. Is it? And you online, you know, I may not see you, but I could sense a spare saying, put that hand down. Yeah. He's facing this 10-foot Philistine giant, standing ready in the field for battle. So, so what do you do? What, you know, what would we do? So what, <laughs> what we would do is that we would Google how to defeat a Philistine giant. Then we would wait for some uh, options of which we have. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> but David had something much better than Google. He had the Holy Spirit bringing back into his memory that when he killed that bear and when he killed, that lion was attacking that sheep. And he went after those beasts with a slingshot, with, with a stone, and some kind of sharp weapon of some sort. Now, listen, every past experience is that preparation for some future opportunity. Can, can I say that again? Every past experience is the preparation for some future opportunity. God just does not redeem our souls. He redeems our experiences. You hear that? And it's not just the good ones. He redeems the bad ones as well. And how does he do that? Listen to this, is that he cultivates character in us. He develops gifts through those disadvantages. And he teaches lessons that cannot be learned any other way except through those. Disadvantages. And the most important lesson that we have at times is not in the classroom, but it is in the classroom of life. And relying on that secondhand knowledge that some teacher, and I'm never degrading school because it's important. I have tons of schooling in my background. I, have, I cherish those things. But there's nothing like experiencing real life. See, because when you're getting it secondhand, you become an extra in your own story instead of the lead role. And the, the expectations of others become your script. And you live off of the experience of others created, uh, created for you. So, so let's line up. And, and, and we'll take the time tonight, and I'll tell you everything that you're supposed to do this week. I don't care. You cancel everything else. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're not going to like that. Because you? you're going to wash my car, you know. Cook, well, I like to cook my own food. But God has, was preparing David to be a shepherd of his flock. Do you hear this? the nation of Israel. And on paper, David was, well, he was in you know, an absolute obvious disadvantage because he wasn't in an army. He wasn't trained as a soldier. There was no way that he would be able to go the to hand-to-hand combat. No one was going to defeat this giant in the hand-to-hand combat. That's why all the Israelites in the army were kind of standing back because they were trained in hand-to-hand combat, and no one's going to go out there against that man. You see, you can't fight a giant on his own terms. And when it looked like David had this disadvantage, in all reality, that he actually had an advantage. David was actually perfectly prepared to face this giant. (laughs) Be truthful for me, okay? You online, I love you, but be truthful with me too. Is that, have you ever felt like God has passed you over and picked someone else to bless? Any, no one has ever felt that? I don't know. Come on, come on. Is that, you, 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 you don't want to look unspiritual, you know? I'm, I'm raising two hands, you know? you know. Good night, Lord. Why did you bless you know, Pastor James? I want that blessing. Oh no. <laughs> so, I'm sure that David felt that way. When he watched his brothers going off the war, he wanted to be a part of that, as any young man would, but he was sent out to be with the smell of sheep out in the field. And he probably felt that it was unfair. But listen to me, church, is that battle against Goliath was not won in that valley of Ali. It was won in the hillsides on the outskirts of Bethlehem. You see, when, when we feel like God has placed us out there in the pasture, the truth is, is that God is putting a destiny in front of your life i i can remember i was out in a ministry for a year it was it was a tough time for us and when i was going back in a ministry i wanted to do something but not anything but something and i was asked to take on this ministry of being a single adult minister i've been married all my life i started to date my wife at the age of of 16 august 8 19 19- August 8th, 1964, I know the date. I could tell you what she was wearing there. I could tell you the spot where I saw her at that amusement park, right outside of these roller coasters that was there in Kennywood Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Knew all that. And then, then how in the world I've been married, I have a couple of kids, and you're going to put me in a single adult ministry? That is a square peg in a round hole. Whew. It was the most incredible 15 years of our life. You know, right now, Arlene is shaking your head because it was the most amazing time. I never thought that what could you do with something like that? See, the problem is that it is being done in a ways that sometimes is virtually undetectable. It's not until you find yourself in that challenging moment that God reminds you that, you know, you're really equipped. Because back then when you were out there, the pastor, and you think nothing was happening, I was doing something with your life, and those simple little things, and I'm going to use that right now to defeat this giant. You go, I didn't even see that coming. That's when we recognize where that battlefield is. It's not there. It was long ago. And, and, and there's times that that we are to be on the front lines, and there's times that we are not. Moses tended sheep for 40 years before he ever did what he did. And, and then the disciples needed to be fisher, well, before they were fishermen, they were fishermen. And Jesus, the Son of God, he waited for 30 years. See, one key to fulfilling your destiny is to recognize the season that you are in. And if you don't, you're going to be frustrated and disappointed. There are seasons when you need to be learning to lead, but there's other seasons in your life where you need to learn to follow. In fact, it is a season... Sometimes it's better to be handling the failure than the victory because we're not learning anything. Get ready for this because this, uh, you know, you may not like this, but there are times that we make a mistake of focusing all of our energy on the next season of life instead of enjoying the season that we so desperately want to get out of. We want to know what God is up to when we should be knowing what God is doing. David, David would have missed that opportunity of killing Goliath if he was, then never had that experience of killing that bear and that lion. Can I talk to you about something that we, we may not like? Delay. And I call it divine delay. God wants you to get. <laughs> this is so much fun. I got to read it because I can't. God wants you to get to where God wants you to do, go more than you want to get where God wants you to be. <laughs> you know, you'll get that at home, okay? Or, or go on Facebook tomorrow and watch this recording again so, so you get that. God wants you to get where God wants you to go more than he wants you to get where God wants you to be. See, to take a deep breath and enjoy the journey because God has something ready for you right there. And, and here's something to think about. Your current frustration sometimes will become your future celebration because of what you've seen God doing back there. So what I'm saying to you, don't give up. God is building that emotional endurance. And boy, do we ever need that today, you know. And the key to the key to that emotional endurance is experience those high levels of disappointment or low levels of disappointment that breaks us down, so that God could build us up, and that's called holy confidence. He's remolding us, renewing of our minds, conforming us into His image. And, and, and can I be transparent here? <laughs> Someone say no, please don't do that. Okay, right. It's back in March, man, back in March. Uh, we had that great celebration of Arlene and I over 20 years here at the church and it was so wonderful. There was all types of people here from all over the country and that. And, and, and we as a church, we were, in, we were in that a growth pattern. Every week we were growing and it was wonderful to see that happening. And all of a sudden, this thing called Covid Nineteen hits, and it seems like we went underground hiding against this disease. We went online. but But I don't want you to forget that the central fact of our faith, and that's without a crucifixion, there is no resurrection. Those days between the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ had to feel like eternity. But that's when a miracle is about to happen. You never know. You never know how. You never know when. You never know where that dream is about to be resurrected but it is God-ordained, then God himself will bring it back somehow, somewhere, and sometimes. It's like David watching his brothers go off to war, and it had to drive him crazy because he had to feel that he was overlooked and underappreciated. It feels like everybody is, is getting to do something except for me. Now, please. Here this goes, this is so vitally important where we are right now today. And, and by the way, I, I gave Pastor James some, some notes for, for the Thanksgiving service. I, I came across 10 things that I'm so grateful for, the pandemic. And man, it could preach. So in the meantime, don't short-circuit God's plans for the purpose in your life by taking shortcuts. I, I think sometimes we want to think too big when what we should be thinking is long. There are things that are happening out in that pasture that God wants you to learn in the battlefield that will cause you to kill those giants move those mountains into the sea. And I know that, that God is, well, he, he's always up to something. I just don't always see it. But I could trust in that. you know that, was it Latin, I think, carpe diem? What, what does that mean? Seize the day. I'm going to talk to you about the compensatory skills. Here's David, the youngest of all the kids. He's the runt of the litter. David is passed over, in that, and, and he really doesn't have the skills to be a soldier. He, he learned how to outsling sling a slingshot. And, and, and he probably entertained himself with that. Because he's sitting out there with those sheep, and he's kind of getting bored. So what he does is that he gets a couple stones, and he puts them on a big rock, and he gets 10 feet away, and he gets that sling, and he throws it, and he misses. Then he throws it, misses, then he throws it, and he hits it. Then he hits it. So he goes 20 feet, then 30 feet. Then, 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 then what else that I, I don't want you to forget is that, well, that, that sling really came handy because he killed that lion. He killed that bear, and, and, and out of his boredom of throwing that slingshot, he killed a giant. Then, then something so insignificant is, is him playing this instrument, this harp, you know, probably like a guitar or something of that sort, because he just got tired of watching grass grow. So he became skillful in playing that harp, and it led to the doors for him to get into the king's palace. You see, you never know what skill God is using for the purpose in your life that seems so insignificant that he is going to catapult you into something miraculous out of something so absolutely simple. See, God can, and he uses anything and everything. He took the skills of of Noah to build an ark. Well, he never, didn't ever need a boat, but, but he built this ark because he had building skills. Joseph, well, he had these abilities to interpret dreams. Esther, she was this beautiful Jewish girl that God placed her in such a time as that. And and let's don't forget David's skills of his writing. One of the books of the most popular book, one of the chapters of the most popular book of all time is a book of Psalms. And David has written many of them that we go to again, and we go to again, we go to again several thousand years later. You're thinking, out of boredom, he just created a journal? You may not want to be where you are. Maybe you're, you're wrestling with, with this pandemic. I, I, love, I love the transparency of my staff. Yesterday in our staff meeting, we got talking and I got to teaching because I left business aside because we were talking about, well, uh, COVID fatigue. We're sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of what, how we have to wear masks. We're tired of how we have to be socially distanced. We're tired of everything outside what's going on around us. We're tired of politics. We're t- tired of the economics. We're tired of everything. We're just emotionally fatigued. And, and we're just, well, at times we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. But, but I dare say that God is still cultivating character in you. And how do I know that? I know that, my friend, because you are his masterpiece. We are his crown and glory. It's not the beautiful Alps. It's not the wonder, one of the seven wonders of the world, the Grand Canyon. It's not sitting on a seashore and watching the sunset or sunrise. It is not looking at the prairie or looking at the snow and the mountain and, and all the glory around us in God's creation. We are his masterpiece. He, he created all that, and he says, that's good. Then he created us, and he goes, that's very good. I'm going to get the mic and just go, bam. You know, touch me, you know, touch you. Because you are his masterpiece. And he wants, in these times, when you feel like you are out the pasture, when nothing is happening, Sees that day because those simple things that he has you doing, he's cultivating skills in which he, he he's, it's God. God has, has to have a great sense of humor. He, he's thinking, David's just bored. He thinks he's doing this for a a out of boredom, throwing that slingshot. It, it's like when, when I was a kid, I just bounced a ball off a of wall boom, 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 because I was just bored, boom. Boom, you know. And, and, and he says he did that out of boredom, not realizing that he was going to kill a Philistine giant ten foot tall that everybody was fearful of. See, in second Sam in 1 Samuel 17:37 says, And the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go! and the Lord be with you. Here's what I believe in this teaching tonight as I wrap this up. No matter what is going on in our lives, there, whatever it is, we may be or or where we are, we may not like it, God can and does some most insignificant events in our lives which will shape our destiny. David, it was a sling sharp and a harp. Moses, it was a walking stick. Held it out over the Red Sea. and. Whew. <laughs> Balaam, his donkey. You see, knowing God is always up to something that he wants to do in our life. So whatever my hands find themselves doing, I do it with all of my might, the scripture says. And it may be the most simplest things, but here's where God just, you know, puffs out his chest and he goes, I'm going to use that insignificant thing in your life, and I'm going to catapult you into the destiny of something that you never dreamt was possible. So that's why I could have that holy confidence of knowing when I'm feeling like I'm in a nowhere land is that God is up to something and he wants me to seize every moment of that time because our holy confidence is in an almighty God and with him, nothing is impossible. Have you Anybody felt like they'd been put out the pasture a little bit lately? You know? Uh, you know, it's just driving us nuts. And then I study this and read in his word, and I'm saying, what am I missing, God? What is it that you want me to learn? And, and when, when I was working today on those 10 things that I am grateful for during the pandemic, I was starting to shout. I was starting to get excited thinking, this is ludicrous, this is silly, this is stupid. I shouldn't be celebrating this because it was probably the most challenging season of my 47 years of ministry. And yet, God is saying, I'm preparing you for something. Let him build that character let him develop those insignificant things where God is going to use for a mighty work.